0: Cutting and drying he was a government officer. Very well, said this gentleman, briskly smiling. That's a horse. Now, let me ask you girls and boys, would you paper a room with representations of horses? After a pause, one half of the children cried in chorus, Yes, sir. Upon which the other half, seeing in the gentleman's face that yes was wrong, cried out in chorus. "'No, sir.' "'Of course, no.' "'Why wouldn't you?' "'I'll explain to you,' said the gentleman. "'Do you ever see horses walking up and down the sides of rooms in reality? "'In fact?' "'Do you?' "'Yes, sir,' from one half. "'No, sir,' from the other. "'Of course, no,' said the gentleman, with an indignant look at the wrong half. "'Why, then?' "'You are not to see anywhere what you don't see in fact. "'You are not to have anywhere what you don't have in fact. "'What is called taste is only another name for fact.' "'Thomas Gradgrind nodded his approbation. "'This is a new principle, a discovery, a great discovery,' said the gentleman. "'Now, if Mr. Child will proceed to give his first lesson here, Mr. Gradgrind—' I shall be happy, at your request, to observe his mode of procedure. Mr. Gradgrind was much obliged. Mr. Machokum Child, we only wait for you. So Mr. Machokum Child began in his best manner. He and some 140 other schoolmasters have been lately turned at the same time, in the same factory, on the same principles, like so many Piano Forty Legs if he had only learnt a little less, how infinitely better he might have taught much more. Mr. Gradgrind walked homeward from the school, in a state of considerable satisfaction. It was his school, and he intended it to be a model. He intended every child in it to be a model, just as the young Gradgrinds were all models. There were five young Gradgrinds, and they had been lectured at from their tenderest years. No little Gradgrind had ever seen a face in the moon. No little Gradgrind had ever learnt the silly jingle, Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. No little Gradgrind had ever known wonder on the subject, each little Gradgrind having at five years old dissected the great bear like a professor and driven Charles's Wayne like a locomotive engine driver. To his matter of fact home, which was called Stone Lodge, Mr. Gradgrind directed his steps. He had virtually retired from the wholesale hardware trade before he built Stone Lodge, and was now looking about for a suitable opportunity of making an arithmetical figure in Parliament. Stone Lodge was situated on a moor within a mile or two of a great town, called Coke Town in the present faithful guidebook. He had reached the neutral ground upon the outskirts of the town, which was neither town nor country, when his ears were invaded by the sound of music. The clashing and banging band attached to the horse-riding establishment, which had there set up its rest in a wooden pavilion, was in full bray. A flag floating from the summit of the temple proclaimed that it was Sleary's horse-riding. Sleary himself, a stout modern statue with a money-box at its elbow, took the money. Miss Josephine Sleary was then inaugurating the entertainments with her graceful equestrian Tyrolean flower act. Among the other pleasing but always strictly moral wonders which must be seen to be believed, Signor Jupe was that afternoon to elucidate the diverting accomplishments of his highly trained performing dog Merrylegs. He was also to exhibit his astounding feat of throwing seventy five hundred weight in rapid succession backhanded over his head, thus forming a fountain of solid iron in mid-air, a feat never before attempted in this or any other country. Thomas Graggrine took no heed of these trivialities, of course, and passed on as a practical man ought to pass on. But the turning of the road took him by the back of the booth, and at the back of the booth a number of children were congregated, striving to peep in at the hidden glories of the place. This brought him to a stop. He took his eyeglass out of his waistcoat to look for any child he knew by name and might order off. What did he then behold but his own metallurgical Louisa, peeping with all her might through a hole in a deal board, and his own mathematical Thomas abasing himself on the ground to catch but a hoof of the graceful equestrian Tyrolean flower act. Dumb with amazement, Mr. Graggrine laid his hand upon each erring.